relying on one method is just dangerous because if it ever gets shut down or, you know, there's some type of policy with Google or Facebook, you know, it destroys your entire business. So I just always like to be thorough and it never hurts to try to have as many touch points as possible. So I just think you're doing yourself a disservice to not grab email or not push to messenger. I think you get as much as you can and then just hit them on all the platforms. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back. Let's another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. In the studio today, I've got joining me uh, Tanner Chittister. He is a 28-year-old millionaire. He is the CEO of two companies, Elite CEOs and Fit Warrior. And what I want you to listen to in this episode is I want you to listen and understand how he uses paid traffic, how he started, it didn't work, and how he managed to continually test and try until he got it to convert. And now he spends between 200 dollars and $250,000 a month driving traffic to his sales funnel and operating an eight-figure business. So Tanner has been an industry leader, not only in the fitness industry, but also in digital marketing and sales as well. He is a four-time winner of the two Comet Club and ClickFunnels. And as you'll hear in this episode, he is now going to the eight-figure funnel award. He works with uh, Fitness Warrior, which is a fitness coaching program. He helps clients to shred fat and eat how they want. And uh, with his business, Elite CEOs, he helps fitness trainers and online businesses generate more revenue. So if you're interested in generating more revenue, growing your business from six figures to seven or seven to eight sit back tune in and listen tanner has lost this year i hope you enjoy this episode so hey tanner super super excited to have you on the real marketing real fast podcast today so welcome to the show yeah thank you so much for having me i'm excited to kind of talk about marketing and see what value i can provide so thank you well, I mean, there's two things that I found really interesting around your background. And one is that you've developed, you know, a very successful business coaching people and helping them make money online. And you're also, you know, you also pay attention to your health. Yeah. And you've helped people walk through the health journey. And often, you know, lots of times as people build big businesses, they spend all their time in the business and they don't spend any time on their health. So if you wanted to share a little bit on how you combine your passion for, you know, like eating and living well, as well as building a business? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, ironically, when I first uh, started, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and uh, I had a mentor and he's like, well, what are you good at? And I was like, well, not really anything. I work hard and I work out. You know, and <laughs> he was like, well, you know, why don't you do fitness? I was like, okay. So yeah, I started off just helping people get in shape. And uh, I built that pretty big. And then before you knew it, I had you know, trainers and so forth, they were asking me like, Hey, man, like, how are you doing this? Because you know, most trainers don't make a lot of money. And um, ironically, to your point, it's kind of funny. But as my business grew, I kept working out, but I don't think I worked out as hard as I used to in the past, because, you know, I was so busy trying to grow the business. And now that it's gotten to a pretty high level, and I have a big team, I've actually gotten my time back. So uh, I'm getting back in the kind of shape I <laughs> had post uh, pre business, uh, so to speak. But it was just logical for me because that's all I knew. And so when someone recommended it, I was like, yeah, sure. Because I, I didn't really know what else I was going to do. 
Well, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I was sharing with someone today. I said, yeah, I was at the at the gym this morning. He says, what do you do? I says, CrossFit. He says, what, what is CrossFit? I said, well, there's only two kinds of workouts in CrossFit, those that you hate and those that you really, really hate. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't think he really got the humor. I said, join me. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so now in terms of building your business, so you said, hey, you know, I, 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 you know, I wasn't really sure what to do. I, I'm going to do something in fitness. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs, whether they start full time or side hustle start. But mm-hmm. the difference is that your story is different than most in that you grew it to the point where you became part of the two comma club of click funnels. Yeah. So so how did you scale your business from, hey, um, I've got this idea to the point now where you've got your freedom and a team to help you build it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started and it was all me, I would spend, I mean, unhealthy hours working. And I'll just be honest. I mean, some people, they're like, how did you scale so fast? And I said, you know, I that I pretty much just worked all day. <laughs> so I started off messaging people like crazy, just organically, like anyone who interacted on my Instagram, my Facebook. Um, you know, you can go into groups and stuff. But what I found is that, you know, if you'll pay a little money for shout outs on Instagram or you've built a following somewhat, it's always easier to connect with people who've at least had that first touch point. And I did that until I was doing 30 to 50K a month consistently, but I was killing myself. And I started to realize, well, you know, if I kill myself to make this money, who cares? And that's when I really started trying to figure out paid traffic, paid a bunch of coaches to kind of help me with that. And, you know, in the high ticket space, pretty much everyone just teaches webinars. Uh, And I never had any luck. And I was convinced that I was doing everything right. You know, the when you when you go in a coaching program and it doesn't work, typically they're like, oh, you're probably doing this wrong or that. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, like, I'm doing everything. And my breakthrough was finally when I started using something that I call in my marketing, call it conversion conversations. But essentially what I did is I I was like, why am I trying to automate everything with my ads when that's not what worked for me? How can I take what's working for me organically and move it into my ads? And when I did that, I mean, it absolutely took off. And I remember every moment where something clicked and I knew it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to change everything. And so essentially all I did is I took what was working organically. I started running my paid traffic to, you know, Messenger and ManyChat and stuff like that. And I have a very systematic process of moving people through my funnel quickly and efficiently by asking important questions. And then we sign them up for a call. So I kind of put something in the middle of the ad and the webinar. So if they go through and they watch the webinar and sign up, great. But I've realized that, you know, for most people, unless they're a very experienced marketer or they're Russell Brunson or someone who's just really, really good or has a lot of clout, that it usually is not enough to get people to sign up because they're so used to it, especially in the general business consulting space. So hopefully that uh, answered the question. I didn't go too long, but uh, no, I just want to dive a little bit deeper so I, so I understand and our audience has a full understanding of what you're talking about. So you said, yeah. you know, conversion conversations. And years ago, I was at a webinar or actually an event and uh, John Lee Dumas was speaking there and he said, do things that are not scalable. And so that's <laughs> what it sounded like you were doing exactly. with your social, right? And I still have people connect with me on Twitter and they go, is this really you or is this your VA? I went, no, you know, I answer these, this is really me. So you took that conversational style and what did that look like in your ads? Because so many yeah. people, you know, they buy the book, they get the stuff, they they want to automate everything. And I think their dream is they're, they hope that magically traffic will show up, people convert, they'll never have to talk to anybody. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's what I realized was at the end of the day, people want that until it doesn't work. At the end of the day, when <laughs> something starts working, 
it gets a lot of fun and all of a sudden you don't mind so much. So yeah, essentially what I do is I run an ad and it goes to Messenger. And then from Messenger, you can do all kinds of things. You can send audio files, voicemails, text messages, videos, images. Uh, you can send them obviously to the URLs. You can do broadcasts and there's a 90 plus percent open rate. So inside there, you can also grab emails, phone numbers. I mean, it allows you to do everything. And I found it is the most effective yet minimally invasive method. So you know, people don't like being texted. You can, but usually they won't respond as much. Voicemails don't seem to work as well. Um, in my experience, emails are 20, 25% open rate at best. So yep. when you can get 90 plus percent open rates and still grab emails and text messages, and you can get that type of interaction as well as doing manual follow-ups, all kinds of stuff, it is totally transformed my business. The problem is, and what I kind of like, it's, it's difficult, right? Or it's time consuming. So most people, it's hard to duplicate when you don't have enough revenue or you don't have a big enough team. And so I've kind of enjoyed it a little bit uh, because you can't just come in and like look at my funnel and then take over. It, it's definitely a process that it has to be systematic. No funnel hacking. Yeah, I mean, and you can try, but I always laugh because I, you know, I'm like, dude, good luck. Like you're not going to be able to, especially... <laughs> when they don't understand the back end of my business because a lot of it they they're they're trying to go oh this is automated this is amazing and they don't understand that some parts of my business are but there's a huge part of my business that actually isn't and i think it's what has allowed me to grow so fast because i'm doing things most people aren't doing and so when you do that usually it gives you an advantage over others and, you know, I, I'm not, this comment isn't the take away from what you've done. For because sure. you're doing things that people aren't doing. There's lots of people who are running uh, paid traffic. And there's lots of people that are running uh, click funnels. There's lots of people who are running messenger. Right. The part that you're doing that most people aren't is you're seeing huge success and revenue from it. Um, so there's lots of people right. using the tools. They're just not putting them together in the right way so they get the revenue they want. Well, yeah, and, and I totally agree with you. It, I guess just more at the scale I'm doing and the amount of volume, it's just very, I haven't seen anyone doing it at that type of volume because, you know, spending five grand or 10 grand on ads is one thing, spending 200,000, 250 and continuing to kind of push people through at the same pace and effectiveness is, is kind of more what I'm talking about, and especially when you're doing manual follow-up, you're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of leads. So it's not just to my own horn. I just know that at the scale I'm doing it, it would be very hard to replicate for someone if they didn't see the back end. Well, and, uh, you know, I find that really, ex you know, an exciting conversation because, you know, I enjoy spending uh, money on media because it gets <laughs> results. So absolutely, yeah, I do it because for two reasons, first of all, because it works, but uh, there's some sort of satisfaction in listening to people go, oh, you know, Facebook's charging for ads and, you know, they're just trying to make money off me and, you know, Google's charging me for ads. It's like, yes. And so what? <laughs> if you put a dollar in and $4 comes out or $2 comes out or $3 comes out, like what's wrong with that model? Exactly. Um, um, but, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I 100% agree with you. So in terms of where the kind of the, where the world's going with Messenger and, uh, you know, you're the first guest I've had on my podcast that's built a successful business using uh, using Messenger, which uh, which is a nice surprise. So where do you think it's going? I mean, there's been some changes in Facebook with Messenger and what you're allowed to send, what you're allowed to send for free and what you're allowed to what you have to pay for. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to affect me and my business whatsoever, just for the simple fact that, again, it hurts people who are trying to automate everything. We do have some automation, but there's definitely a human aspect to my business. And the new rules essentially is if they don't respond within 24 hours, 
you can no longer send anything. Every time they respond, it restarts that clock. And so with the amount of touches and follow-ups we have, if someone doesn't respond within 24 hours, they're not going to get pushed through usually anyways, unless we re-engage them at a later date. So, you know, we've looked at that. Like I, I was very, you know, aware of the changes coming and I wanted to make sure my business was going to be safe with what we were doing in case we need to make changes. And uh, based off what I saw, I don't think it's going to affect me whatsoever. I think the people who will get hurt from it are the marketers who want 100% automation because if they do not respond or engage after 24 hours, it's over with and they're going to have to pay more money to engage. With us, when you add in a human element, people respond better. They just can tell. It's just kind of human nature too. I think when they think it's a bot, they're less likely to respond. And it's very difficult, I believe, to fully automate and have someone actually think it's a person. Like I think it's almost impossible because depending on what they say or how they say it, if they get the same response, no matter what, it, it, after <laughs> it a while, they can kind of tell. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the automated webinars, the evergreen that look like they're live. It's like, you know, just do do the world a favor and be honest. If you're going to lie about the webinar, why would I trust you with my credit card? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like even it's funny because I even like when I do run webinars, I, I kind of like, hey, look, like it's pre-recorded, whatever. And usually the only reason I run it versus VSL is just to see if it converts better. Sure. At the end of the day, I think a VSL is much easier. There's less uh, resistance. So it's funny you kind of said that because I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I don't have a problem with people that, that, that have got recorded uh, webinars. That's great. I mean, it fits better in my time schedule, but just don't try to pass it off as being live. You know, the same as a bot. You know, lots of I've seen more marketers now say that this is a bot. So they're telling you in advance. So they're not disguising it and they're explaining why they've automated this to make, you know, help with customer service or answer your mm-hmm. questions or whatever it is. But they they mentioned that up front. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you on that. I think actually being honest up front, it builds more credibility and trust, especially if you're targeting other marketers. Other marketers are absolutely the most skeptical, in my opinion. So I agree with you on all fronts. Now, you mentioned that uh, you also have the ability to collect email and text. Are you collecting those other pieces of information from your subscribers as they come into your funnel? Absolutely. So what will happen is what I do is if they go inside ManyChat or Messenger, I actually scrape it right inside there. And what you do is you just use a little Zapier uh, or a Zap, I guess you could say, and you can scrape it right to your email list without them ever having to leave. So it's very effective. And then you're right inside the funnel. I get their phone number, email, and get them a messenger within you know the first five minutes. So at that point, you know you can slam them no matter where they're at, and it's very effective. Not to mention, if you have a sales team, you can do that as well. So we do a lot of touch points, and you know I, I am a little bit of the buy or die philosophy. We don't try to like message people who don't want us to message them, but uh, we definitely are very thorough with all our leads, and I think that's something uh, that's really helped us. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've, I've seen both sides. I've seen where people message the heck out of someone. And then I've seen the other side say, well, you know, I, I sent them three emails. It's like, well, you know, it takes like nine to 11 times to get someone to buy. So exactly. just send four more and you'll see an increase in sales. I mean, if, if you feel you can help people, then help them. Yeah. If they don't want your product, then leave them alone. 100%. I agree with you. So why do you collect the other uh, the other data? I just want to make sure the point's clear because I, you know, yeah. right now in the marketing world, there's everything's the new holy grail. Oh, if you just do this, you know, you'll make right. zillions of dollars. If you just, you know, if you get on TikTok, that's where you need to be. Right. So, so here you are, you're using Messenger and you're collecting emails and you're collecting texts. 
Yeah, I mean, just end of the day, you just never know what's going to happen. At uh, you know, ultimately, all you really do have control over is technically you can control you know phone numbers. You know, people could tell you not to text them, but you kind of can. And same thing with email. So you know, Messenger anytime. Like if Facebook decides to shut it down, which I highly doubt, but they could shut that down. So you know, I just want to make sure I make my business as safe as possible. It's the same reason I run traffic on YouTube or other places is because relying on one method is just dangerous. Because if it ever gets shut down or you know, there's some type of policy with Google or Facebook, you know, it destroys your entire business. So I just always like to be thorough and it never hurts to try to have as many touch points as possible. So I just think you're doing yourself a disservice to not grab email or not push to messenger. I think you get as much as you can and then just hit them on all the platforms. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just wanted to hear from you. I mean, I've been preaching that for a long time and my audience is probably getting sick and tired of me hearing or saying that, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Hey, you don't own the social platform, so you can hate on Facebook all you want for not doing your stuff for free. But if they disappear, then where's your, where's your data? Where's your customers? Absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I highly doubt that will happen, but it's just always better to prepare for the worst, pray for the best type analogy is what I would say. Now, in terms of traffic, you sound like a guy who's really sharp and you've got it dialed in. So I'm assuming the first thing you tried, like you said, didn't work. So, you know, when you're running a campaign, when you're saying paid traffic, what does that look like? Yeah. So as of now, what we really do is predominantly we spend about, you know, six figures a month on uh, Facebook, well over that. And then we do around, I want to say like 25 to 50 on YouTube. So we're anywhere between two to 250 a month. The biggest thing, like I said, is we just do, and hopefully I'm answering the question, right? if not, just kind of correct me, but yep. the biggest thing we do is we go from the ad to messenger and then the first button inside there will be to a VSL webinar or something like that. YouTube, you cannot really do that as effectively. There's too much of a drop off. So on YouTube, we'll yep. go straight to a page and try to make it convert. Okay. But specifically with high ticket at the end of the day, what I've found is that the more conversation you can have, the better chance it is they'll sign up and you make your uh, you make it a lot easier for your sales reps. I actually have had zero attrition on my sales team for over about a year and a half, which is kind of unreal when you think about it because typically, you know, sales guys will fatigue quite quickly because you're throwing everything you can at them. And sometimes the quality is horrendous, right? Like they get on the phone and they did an application, but they lied or it wasn't followed up with, et cetera. So I've really found that my method not only gets the highest quality calls, but it is highly, it's vetted extremely high. So by the time they get to the call, a rep can look at the messenger conversation. They can look at the app. They have their phone number to text them so they can remind them before the call, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, we do run ads straight to the page, but ultimately, I just think that's what's really helped me scale so fast because the ROI is extremely high. Well, it's, it's interesting listening to you talk about your sales reps with no attrition. I mean, because that's, you know, that's an ongoing battle. So why do you think that at the end of the day, people are so qualified? Is it the number of touches that you put through? So the people that are not qualified or, or that become disinterested, just self-select? Yeah. So I just think it's the follow-up process. So when you're inside messenger, if they say something on the application that you don't like, or they're hesitant, you can see that from their responses. So, Hey, I saw you put this on the app. What's the reason for that? They have to answer or, Hey, you know, have you ever had a coach before? Yeah, he really sucked X, Y, and Z. So you're getting very detailed answers before they ever get to the phone call. So on the other side, if someone comes from YouTube or straight from a page, all you have to go off is the application and their email. So you really don't have any chance to follow up or if you do, there's a chance they probably won't see it. And so by the time you get to the call, 
you're fighting a lot of those objections that you wouldn't have to fight if you had a good follow-up system before. So my sales reps at the end of the day, they're good, but I think they recognize that the calls they're getting are so much easier to close because we hit them so hard on follow-up before they even get on the call. So are you using a CRM of some sort to manage the data on the back end once they come through? Absolutely. So I use active campaign, surprisingly. I know that probably sounds weird. There's pipe drive, HubSpot, stuff like that. But <laughs> I a million just have, of them, yeah. Exactly. But I just keep it in active campaign so uh, my team doesn't get confused and it's in one spot. I have a really good tech guy who just set it all up. So yep. the second an application comes through, it'll automatically go into active campaign. We have like a little deal section and then it goes to that specific rep and they can leave notes on it. They can move it to a deposit spot, lost, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. That's We definitely have to do that and track everything. Well, I don't think it's weird. I mean, the, the challenge I think that we have as marketers these days is there's so many choices out there. There's all mm -hmm. the legacy systems and then there's all the new stuff that's coming. There's a new one, it seems like every day mm -hmm. that's in this space. Um, at some point, you just need to make a decision, put your credit card down, buy one, build your business. And if you, a year down the road, figure out, hey, you know, this isn't right for me, then then change. Don't spend the next year analyzing your CRM before you start your business. Yeah, I actually, I, it's funny you say that. I say that about coaches because sometimes people, they, they worry so much about who they hire. And I say, look, you know, you just hire someone because even if you mess up, you're going to learn from your mistake anyways. And yeah, it could be costly, but I found that even when I hire the wrong coach, I learned so much of what not to do that it ends up actually helping me in the end anyways. But you'll see someone who sits on the fence for a year and they waste so much time just kind of like scared of indecision. So See, whether it's, you know, systems or coaches, like I agree with you on that um, 100%. Well, in terms of, you know, and looking at how you've scaled your business, I mean, one of the things that I learned in both my business and in my health was the first coach I hired wasn't great. Yeah. So I had to fire her. And then the second guy was great. But I, I got to a point, I got to my kind of my, my weight goal, I lost my 80 ish pounds. But he couldn't yeah. take me to the next level. But I, you know, I spent six years with him. And then I moved to some, you know, the next level coaching. And I think the same thing happens with our business, you hire accountants, you hire lawyers, you hire marketers, you hire advisors, and as your business changes, you're gonna have to change them anyhow, because not everyone's gonna be able to scale with you. Have you found that in your business as well? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think a lot of times, actually, you know, I've I've spent about two hundred fifty thousand dollars on coaches today in the last two and a half years. So I've had quite an experience, good and bad. And I think sometimes we also, I agree with your point, but also I'll get in my own way because <laughs> yeah, you take so it, yeah. it's, it's almost like you take so much uh, for gospel what the coach says that sometimes it could be a detriment because they'll say something wrong and then you just do it and do it and do it until you kind of like convince yourself like through repetition of failure that it's incorrect. So I've seen, I've seen it on both sides where it's super helpful because they give you that clear direction and it's good advice. And then on the other side, it's not. So something I've really kind of taken hard is no matter who I hire, I always kind of keep an open mind. I question them uh, even if they are someone I've paid because you know, it, everyone gives you advice based off their experiences. Stuff I say is 100% based off my experiences and what's worked for me. So sure. I'll be biased, right? And so I've just found end of the day, like, do what works for you. Obviously, listen to people you pay. But you know, don't don't listen to the point where you know, you drive your business into the ground because they keep telling you to do something and it doesn't work. And I kind of found that out the hard way, I guess you could say. But 
Hope that wasn't too far off track. I, I like to no, talk. No, I, <laughs> I mean, you're in the same space. I mean, and that's why I like the analogy of, of fitness and business because they, they run, you know, they run in parallel. I mean, so you still need to be your own advocate. There's all sorts of advisors you can go, but, you know, it's no different than going to the doctor. If you get a diagnosis you don't like, you don't go, okay, fine. You get a second yeah. opinion. Um, exactly. Say, is there, is there another way before you go down that road? So in terms of looking at uh, what you're going to, you know, what you're most excited about in the next six to 12 months, what's, what's keeping me up at night? Yeah. So it's funny you ask that. I just had, I just had kind of a transition where I was feeling pretty kind of uncontent with my business, not because it's not going well, but because I feel like I've done everything I've wanted to do. You know, I, I got it to, you know, seven figures, you know, we last year were able to, you know, become an eight figure business. Um, I've got, you know, the next uh, award at the ClickFunnels event that they're going to be handing out to me, I think it's Friday or something. So I I was actually just kind of feeling like, man, like what's next? So I got the guy I'm going to actually recommend that you interview next. Uh, His name's Ryan Moran. I'm sure you might have heard of him, but he really specializes in product businesses and selling businesses for exits. And so what's really happening now is the consulting businesses I have, I'm really using that cash flow to um, either invest in other businesses or create my own businesses and kind of really become, I guess, like an owner versus an entrepreneur yep. and, you know, build a company I can really sell and uh, a product that isn't, you know, Tanner Chittister, right? Like something that can stand alone and sell. So that's really what's kind of getting me motivated right now. And I've been in the beginning phases, but I've really built a lot of uh, good connections and rapport with people and just a lot of experience. And so I feel like it's absolutely the perfect timing. Because if I tried to do this from the beginning, I think I would have fell miserably, but now I feel really good. So that's kind of what's got me excited uh, as of late. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes, right? We'll, we'll talk <laughs> to you. That's really cool. Later. Well, good for you. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of work to do that. And, you know, obviously you've, you've done it, you've done more things right than you've done wrong because you've built your business, like you said, up to eight figures. Yes, sir. And, you know, just to share just a, a glimpse, I was just talking to somebody yesterday who was a, who's a, a young guy like you are, and he built a um, started a new business with his dad and built it uh, in three years and sold it for a billion dollars. Oh, my gosh. What business was this, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> They're in real estate investing. Good grief. That's amazing. And, and so, you know, when they're they're teaching people now, he goes, well, I'm obviously not doing this for the money. So yeah, so they yeah, make, right. they make sure the right people are in the room. So good for you. So it'll give you some some options to go out and look at some other businesses. I won't I won't pry into what direction you're going. because I'm sure you've got some great uh, some great ideas there. Oh no no I yeah I appreciate it. In terms of business advice, you know um, I'm sure you're out speaking at at various events and you, you overhear all sorts of conversations. What's yeah. some of the bad advice you hear about you know starting a new digital business or starting some new digital marketing these days? Yeah. So so something I really don't like, and you're going to find this kind of ironic, like I actually love Russell Brunson, but I'm pretty vocal about, I don't like the low ticket model for beginners. I think that that's what actually kept me uh, stuck for the first two years. I mean, so my first two years, my story is really hilarious. I mean, it wasn't at the time, but it is now, but the first, (laughs) the first two years of business, I had a $47 product and I was really trying to sell. And I sold about two grand in two years. Right. You know, I couldn't couldn't do anything. And I think the biggest reason was, you know, as a beginner, you don't have experience. You don't have capital. You don't have knowledge. You really don't understand how funnels work or paid advertising. You don't have money for paid advertising. And so it was funny. But my 25th birthday, I I just remember I was like, my gosh, if I don't figure this stuff out this year, I'm going to have to go back to school. Like, I feel like such a loser, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I heard about high ticket coaching. And I was like, like, what is this? So like, well, yeah, so you just sell it for a higher price. I was like, people will buy that 
like are you, really and they're like yeah i was like okay so i remember i went out that first week and i made like 10 grand and that was triple what i made in a month <laughs> and yeah. at that point i went all in and i was actually a little upset i mean during those two years i'd done door-to-door sales and all these things that i don't think i knew were going to help me at the time but it was really kind of upsetting. I was more upset than happy because I was like, man, like I was living horribly for this long and this was all I had to do. So for a beginner who doesn't have money or experience, I think high ticket is absolutely the best way to go because it allows them to make a bunch of mistakes, mess up a lot, not have experience and still make quite a bit of money with great margins. And that allows them to get out of the situation they're in because most people, you know, they're making three, 4,000 a month you know, they have to make money before they quit that job. And to me, the fastest way to do that is just build a high ticket service offer, get good at sales, close it over the phone. And then from there, build experience. And, you know, now I have low ticket products and stuff, but I think that was the worst advice I was given as a beginner because uh, it's done in my growth. And you don't, you don't have the experience or the cash flow to really make that work, in my opinion. So let's talk about that. So what what was it that changed uh, that you know that changed your mind that that switch that kind of flipped and went okay I'm going to get out of the 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 forty seven dollar thing and I'm going to move my yeah. price to ten grand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it started it started off lower, but it has it's you know I've sold stuff between like you know two to ten. I've even sold up to thirty, but you know it's being stuck, you know, you know, <laughs> experience is the best teacher, although it's the slowest. And, you know, after two years of being stubborn, not hiring coaches and not listening to anyone, I kind of was like, you know, either I have to humble myself and listen to someone who has a different opinion or stay stuck and cry about it. And, you know, I, I felt like I was doing everything I knew how to do. And so Honestly, I kind of just lucked out. I think the coach I hired was a proponent of high ticket. If he had said low ticket, I wouldn't have questioned him. And because it worked for me, obviously it builds that belief, right? Like going from zero to 10K in a week versus 2000 in two years, it was easy to be like, oh yeah, this is the way. So I never say never, but I do think for a beginner with limited experience, it's much easier to get someone on a phone call, sell something for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars than it is to try to automate a forty-seven, ninety-seven dollar product. Yeah, well, well said. So I'm going to ask you kind of a, a personal question. You can answer yeah. it or not. No, so, how, uh, in terms of imposter syndrome, how did you feel when you sold that first uh, big ticket item? So honestly, that's a great question. I didn't feel bad because it was a fitness product. So I felt great because, you know, I was shredded to the bone. I was modeling. I mean, I looked like a Greek god at the time, right? I look okay now, but, you know, that's all I did because I was broke. So I had a lot of time to work out. (laughs) And then, you know, when I started doing business coaching, consulting, I'd already built a seven-figure business that was B2C. So I was like, yeah, I know what to do. Like, I'll show you. So I've never struggled with that just because... Everything I've ever sold, I felt like I had a lot of experience and I'd done a lot of stuff. So I did luck out in that aspect. But I mean, it's something a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with for sure. So do you have any, um, you know, being that you overcame that, uh, those thoughts um, that many people have, do you have any advice for people that are listening going like, I could never do that? Yeah, it's it's a struggle, right? So everyone's different. And I think something I've been blessed with, Doug, is I've always had a pretty much just do it mindset. So what I do is I kind of ignore my feelings, um, which can be good and bad. Um, And I'm very open to criticism and feedback from people. But I guess for me, it was like I wanted to live this lifestyle where money was not an issue. I, I didn't grow up poor, but we had seven kids. My dad was a teacher. 
So I grew up in a home that was like, if you want something, you have to get it yourself. And I knew as an engineer and like going to college, I was never going to make the money I wanted to make unless I went into business. So for me, it was kind of just like I, I, I had to make it work and figure it out. And I knew everyone started from zero. So I was like, why not me? You know, these guys who I see on TV or on the internet who I want to be like, they once upon a time didn't know anything either. So why not now? Or why can't I sell it? And I don't know if that's good advice for everyone. Some people, they really do struggle mentally. But for me, it was always just kind of logical. And I'm a very logical thinker where, okay, so I want to be a millionaire. Like the only way to do it is business. So yeah, I'm just going to do what I have to do to make it work. And, um, you know, if someone really struggles with that, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to attack it. But I think at some point, you have to kind of ignore what people are saying. Because, you know, my parents told me I was dumb, you know, they love me, but they were like, you're an idiot, like, you're gonna make six (laughs) figures a year. And you're now you're making 24,000. And you know, my ex girlfriend told me I was stupid. And my my own brothers, you know, they make comments like they work with me now, ironically, but my one of my brothers like, Oh, how's your business going? And he said it in a way where you knew yes, condescending. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like, it was just this thing inside of me, where I've always kind of had a chip on my shoulder. Um, and I think that sounds a little bit from my childhood. So I won't go too deep into that. But I've just always been like, I can do anything I want. Like, I'll show you I'm going to show you I can do it. And so every time I wanted to quit, I would just call my mentor. He was the only guy who told me I could do it. And I was like, dude, I think I'm going to quit. Like, I think I'm going to quit this time. And he just would always talk me off a ledge. And uh, I actually messaged him the other day about getting my comma X award, you know, whatever they call it. And uh, we were laughing about it because if it wasn't for him, I'd, I'd be making, you know, six figures a year, but I'd be miserable. Well, that's great. And I, I think it's, I think it's great advice. And like you said, every, everybody's different. Not everybody's, you know, got the same genes that you do that can, that can just do that and ignore their feelings. But what I've, I've learned is that the lineup for the big ticket items is shorter than the lineup for the small ticket items. If you're going to pitch, right. There's, there's less people to go through. There's less people yeah. compete, at least competing. I, I work in the media buying space. So for me to, to buy, you know, to do rented email for a client that's spending 200 to $300,000 a week, isn't a big deal. I figure, well, why not do that? Why, why do a $5,000 a week if you can do a larger number? But like you said, not everyone uh, can make that switch, but it's a switch that you should make if you want to want to have the, uh, do what you're doing. Well, yeah. And, and like even talking about, you know, sales with it, when you're on a phone call, you can drop price, you can handle any objections, you know, when they're on a sales page, if it's not perfect, you're done, like they're going to click off and they're going to go somewhere else. And I, you know, I was talking to a young guy today, he's going to be super successful. Here he is, you know, he's doing 100,000 a month, and he's 23 years old. I'm like, my goodness. But he had such a mental issue selling a high ticket program to people. He he was just like, you know, how can I guarantee they'll get results? How can I do this? I was like, dude, look, at the end of the day, if you're giving them one-to-one attention and you're doing all these extra things, like it's not on you. At the end of the day, you're going to have to get over that. You can't make people be successful. Sure. And he, he's just having such a hard time with it. And, and you know, because I think a little differently, it, it was hard for me to try to help him. I was like, man, like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just know my product is that good. And I know it's going to get people results if they do it. I say, and I think, you know, some people it holds them back. Um, and I don't a hundred percent, you know, I'm not a therapist or anything like that. So I don't know if I have the best advice, but you know, it's something everyone has to kind of overcome, I think in business because, you know, everyone is once a beginner. And so I just, 
I don't know. I think if you have good intentions and you have integrity and you have something that really helps people, you shouldn't feel bad about getting paid for it. And yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hopeful if someone's listening, like this helps them, but it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a tough topic. I mean, it's its own episode. Uh, absolutely. So do you have a, um, a client that you want to uh, share a success story about so you can name them, not name them, someone who, who came in and, and you, uh, you know, help coach them and mentor them through their, uh, their business? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of clients. I, I think the easiest thing to do is just go back, you know, recently, you know, because I've had so many, but you know, there's a guy who came into my program recently and, uh, I'll just call him, I'll just call him Josh, but he had had a bad coaching experience. He'd spent about $25,000 on coaches and his experience was very similar to mine. You know, you pay the coach five, 10 grand, you go in, you start running ads to your auto webinar doesn't work. They tell you to fix this. You keep doing it. Doesn't work. So before you know it, you're 20, 25 K deep and you haven't gotten any results. So he came into my program, very frustrated, very skeptical, you know, very difficult client after not having success because pretty much anything you say, they don't believe you. I mean, it's just, it's just how it is. So he came in, he's a weekend and he's already trying to get out. I mean, he's, he's just like not really following direction. He's, <laughs> he's a guy who really overthinks stuff. Like he's very analytical. So I'd say, well, just message this person X, Y, and Z. Well, wh- well, what do I say though? Like, what do exactly? I was like, dude, just say this. He's like, well, like, but do I say that? And I'm like, you know, very, very just like <laughs> difficult client. And uh, I called him and I kind of talked him off a ledge and, uh, you know, he finally started implementing and, you know, now he's blowing my phone up and he's like, dude, I sold another 10 K. I sold a five K like, oh, dude, I, I got to hire all these people. And so I, I just, it just, I like that more just because, he he was struggling and he kind of went through it and he kept spending money he didn't give up and that that's actually harder to do because you know f- after a while when you're making profit and then you're paying coach after coach after coach you're basically working for free you're making money and then you're paying someone else to help you and so when it doesn't work out you kind of feel like man I could have just saved that money sure yeah and so I was just really proud of him because, you know, now he's, he's already doing, um, you know, he'll already have a multiple six figure business. He's been in for like a month. And I think by the end of the year, he'll be doing seven figures because he's, he's very good at sales and he's very good at speaking. Um, but I, I just, I really like having the students who have bad stories or they've had bad results with other coaches or they spent a bunch of money because mentally, I think that's actually harder to keep going forward after, you know, spending 10 grand and it didn't work or spending 10 grand on ads and it didn't work because, you know, it's like, it's after a point you kind of start wondering, like, is it ever going to actually work? You know, am I just going to keep wasting my money? And so most people, I think they quit right before they're going to hit success. And so I was just really proud of him for kind of sticking through. And it's, it's just fun to see because when they kind of flip there <laughs> from hating you to loving you, it, it's kind of like, fun and you're like yeah man i told you like you just got to stick it out so that's that's cool. kind of my best story right now yeah yeah that's a great story i mean i think i think it was napoleon hill that had written a book something about three feet from gold like you said most people stop right before they're going to get the breakthrough yeah it's like that picture you see where they have the pickaxe and yeah. the guy's walking back and you see the gold on the other side yep. it's 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 a real thing and it sounds cliche but i really realize that every time you fail you're actually getting closer to success and at the time you don't feel that way you just feel like i wasted my time i waste my money but you're learning what not to do, which gets you closer to knowing what to do. So, you know, when you start a business, if you're looking at, let's say, 10 people, they're all standing in front of you. It's like, well, who do I choose? Well, the thing is, is even if you choose wrong, well, now you have nine yep. and then you choose wrong again. Now you have eight. And that's kind of how business has worked out for me. 
So I'm just glad I never quit. I'm just glad like I moved home. Like I had a crappy car. I did everything and anything I could to keep investing in coaches and courses and doing what I had to do because it was kind of like there was no out for me. I was like, I'm going to be successful or I'm going to be homeless. And when you have a mindset like that, it's, it's hard to fail. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're the, the not the homeless. I'm glad that you're <laughs> successful because now you can help the homeless. Yeah, you, used, you probably saw me on the side of the road a few years back, but I'm out now. Well, and I, I like your your message. I mean, you you said that every time you fail, you're closer to succeeding. And what I had, didn't hear you say was, I tried Facebook ads and Facebook doesn't work. Um, yeah. You said, hey, I tried, I tried Facebook ads as the coach and it didn't work. So I tried it again. Yeah. And so you, 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 know, you didn't throw the media out and say, hey, Google doesn't work and YouTube doesn't work. Facebook doesn't work. Didn't work with that coach, that approach. So you just readjusted your approach, figured out what worked. And now you've got, you know, a license to print money. Right. And, and I, I think what helped too is I'm, I wasn't tied. I finally got unmarried to what the coach said. So if the coach was like, do it this way and it didn't work, you know, I, I stopped thinking, okay, I was just like very simple. I was like, okay, I need to convert these leads. What's, what is working for me when I'm not doing paid traffic? I was like, right. okay, this is what, this is what's working organically. Can I mimic this? It's like, yes. I was like, perfect. I mimicked it and it worked. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, I was way overcomplicating it. I was way overthinking it. At the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter how it works. You just got to get it to work. And so people get so tied to like, it has to work this way. It's like, no, it really doesn't. Like as long as the lead turns into a sale, you're good to go. So that was really powerful for me to have work because now, you know, if a coach tells me something and I feel I've done my due diligence and I've pushed and I push and it's not working. I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, what's the next way we can try this? And sure. That, that was powerful for me. That's really cool. It makes, makes so much sense. Um, yeah. I am often having conversations around testing this, testing that the ring. Why are you always testing? It's like, you know what, we're just trying to get an incremental you know, improvement. 1% here, half a percent there, 2% there. And it makes a big difference at the end of the day. Oh yeah. I mean, you get a 2%, 3%, you know, increase on a funnel. I mean, that's the difference between six figures a year and seven. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> it doesn't it's need crazy, to be 10 X. You don't need to 10 X everything. Yeah, it's literally true. And so it's, and it's fun when you see those improvements because you're like, Oh my gosh, like it's working. And I mean, that's why I love marketing because I feel like, you know, you're rewarded for your efforts. You're rewarded for persistence. And you know, I just, you don't have to be special. You don't have to be a certain age or color or like size. Like you just got to sit down and have some brain power and like you can pretty much do whatever you want. And persistence. A lot of persistence, a lot more than most people have, I would say. <laughs> so we, you touched on this earlier. Uh, I'm just going to ask you the question again, since I get the name right. You uh, guess you recommend, I absolutely have to have my podcast. You said it was Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Moran. So Moran, I recently okay. just started high and kind of working with him and you know he he's a big proponent of product-based businesses and you know that is brand new to me so you know just like when I was starting my consulting business I'm learning all over again but I really want to build I really want to build a business that I can sell that you know doesn't rely on me to be the face and constantly be doing the ads and the social media and I just I like how he thinks I think he's he's very logical but he man he's just like a deep thinker I don't even know how else to describe it he just Everything you ask him, he has, it's just, I don't know, he thinks so much deeper than most people and his responses, I just love him. So I think you got to meet him to kind of know what I'm talking about, but he's... Well, would you make an introduction? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be hard at all. That'd be great. And yeah, I mean, whether it's relationships or business or whatever, he's actually really helped me um, with my personal relationships just because I feel like I'm a young guy. I'm still trying to mature. 
I don't always feel like I know what I want <laughs> uh, in terms of the relationship. So like hearing from a guy who's older, who's successful, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and he, he just, I don't know, his answers are just really deep. And I think when you meet him, you'll kind of see what I mean. Excellent. So most important question of the day, how can people, you know, track you down, find you, connect with you? Where's the best place? Yeah. I mean, there's always a million places, but I always prefer social media. They send me a message. Like I, I always will see it. So, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, is usually the two best places. You can also go to YouTube. Um, I just kind of like started that, but you know, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you'll always get a response. It might take me a while, but you'll always get one. So what's your, what's your handle on Instagram? So the handle on Instagram is just Tanner dot Chittister. Uh, unfortunately I had a, someone who wouldn't give me the Tanner Chittister. So <laughs> I just had to kind of improvise. And then on Facebook, it's yeah. just the same thing. It's my name just without the dot. Perfect. Well, I want to say thanks so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's so inspiring to see, you know, to hear your journey and see what you've done and that you didn't give up. And, and you know, unlike a lot of people who try media, it doesn't work. You didn't give up. You just said, hey, you know, this didn't work this time. I'm going to try readjusting it and you got it to convert. So good for you. Yeah, I really appreciate Doug. And, you know, hopefully I didn't talk your ear off. I have a tendency to do that, but I appreciate you having me here. No, just love talking to another marketer and congrats again on uh, on your next level with uh, ClickFunnels. So what is the next level you're going to achieve? Oh, uh, so it's the eight figure award. I don't know if they're going to have another award, but I'm sure Russell's going to like announce like a hundred million award or something. So, <laughs> you know, for now I feel content and I've done everything. So I'm kind of hoping Russell doesn't do that because I'm sure if he does, then I'm going to feel like I have to get that too. Man, but, I got to do that too. Uh, yeah. There goes, yeah, there goes but, your gym time. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's been a great journey and it's been fun doing it with my brothers and you know, I, I've just learned so much. So it's, it's been a fun ride. Well, thanks again. So there you go, listeners. This is another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Uh, our guest today shared a ton of information. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tanner. I'll make sure that in the show notes, we've transcribed and given you links to his website and his social media. And there's some great advice. So, so I hope you took some notes and I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.